No, Destiny is not going free to play. We've got a ton of raid information to talk about with this awesome interview from Destiny developers. And the Destiny community raised over $500,000 for charity this last week. So awesome. You're listening to Destiny the Show. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Destiny the Show number 112. We are the Destiny News Podcast to keep you, the Guardian, ahead of the curve. Joining me, as always, is my awesome co-host, Diddy. What is up, dude? Oh, man. I am excited to talk about some raid details today, but in this past week... Uh, you know, hitting the grindstone at work is starting to pick up again before Rise of Iron happens. I am still taking that whole week off, so Monday to Sunday, we should expect some uh, Destiny of the Show streams on Destiny of the Show, ooh, twitch.tv slash Destiny of the Show, <laughs> um, and oh my gosh, it's still hot in Texas. It's We, we dropped to 99 degrees this past week, mm. but uh, no end in sight to the heat wave here. Well, I'm going to put a little salt in the wound. It snowed in the high country in parts of Colorado this week. I'm not joking. It's the weirdest thing ever. We're having an early fall. It jumped temperatures way down, and I'm not ready for it. I like fall, but I don't want it to get too cold too quick. I mean, right now, I'm wearing a long sleeve t-shirt, dude, because it was actually kind of nippy. The air was a little nippy. Going on this last week was Destiny Community Con, though, and we need to shout out somebody who is repping DTS out there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Friendly Sleet 66 repping the Destiny of the Show t-shirt at Destiny Community Con 2016. He sent us pictures over on our Discord server in our media channel and it's it's awesome. You know, repping the 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 podcast out there was it's such a cool thing to see. Thank you so much. So appreciated, man. It's cool. It's just like kind of surreal. It's like, "Oh man, that's awesome." All the images I saw from DCC looked amazing. I want to go next year, Diddy. It's going to get bigger and bigger. It looked huge. They had to turn people away from the door, like who didn't buy a ticket in advance. Yeah, and that's that's to be expected. You know, they had like over a thousand people there. And last year, they only expected about 100 people and like 500 people showed up like, oh, OK. So this year they they up to the, the tickets next year. Hopefully it's in a different location, a little bit more accessible to everybody. I, I hear Austin, Texas. It's really oh, good for conventions. Yeah. I think uh, there's another big convention, uh, maybe Rooster Teeth. Yeah. Some little company down there in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. They do some other com- uh, convention down there. Um, also, Austin's an awesome place to be. Tampa, Florida, I'm sure it's awesome as well. It, blue skies, palm trees, and everything. So um, let's see if we can get a bigger place next time. You want it a little closer to home. I understand. I definitely understand. <laughs> that humidity I may be a little bit biased, man. but uh, Texas is pretty awesome. We have another shout out because this week we are now having DTS on the Google Play music platform, correct? Yeah. So we had a Twitter follower of ours at Maddie Misfit point out, it's like, hey, you guys, are you guys not on Google Play music? And I'm like, we should be. Apparently, uh, they didn't pull our RSS feed like we had anticipated automatically. We got the podcast submitted and accepted by the Google Play music robots or people over there. So thank you so much. 
And uh, we are now available on that platform. So if you have an Android device, just go ahead and open up that Google Play Music application. Hit destiny or search for Destiny the Show and start downloading some episodes over there. Very good. Before we move on into the news, a couple of housekeeping things. Destiny Tracker has updated their homepage, and I think it's fantastic. As I (laughs) bit my lip there actually really hard, I concealed it to you all. On the homepage, there's now a population counter, and they track how many people do a PvP activity during a day and how many do a PvE activity. It's insane. Yesterday, which was Saturday, 720,000 players participated in a PvP activity. Those are unique And then for PvE, over a million players yesterday participated in a PvE game. That is so cool, dude. Like, this game is alive and kicking. I love the comments. They're like, people should play this. It's like, yeah, dude. A lot do. That surprises me the most because I would think at this point in Destiny's, like, content drought, that people are playing more Crucible. Numbers Mm. don't lie, man. People are playing Patrol, Story Missions, Nightfalls, Strikes. Whatever it is, they're playing PvE a little bit more. More people are logging in to play PvE content. I think that is awesome. I'm not somebody contributing to the PvE count. I am, I'm like only <laughs> PvP. <laughs> I'm playing so much Rubble right now. I'm dude. the other side of the spectrum then. I'm running strikes <laughs> as much as We're, I can. This is your show today. There's so much good raid information. <laughs> Before we get into the news, our Discord popped off this last week. There's a lot of returning listeners. We're seeing the numbers. A lot of players coming back for Rise of Iron, and it's awesome. But if they want to get involved with a community of people to play activities with, right now is important to to form that community, right, Diddy? So they can start doing endgame activities the moment Rise of Iron gets here or after the leveling of Rise of Iron completes, right? Yeah, absolutely. So our Discord server is at discord.me slash Destiny the Show. Again, don't Google Destiny the Show Discord because that first link is not going to work anymore, unfortunately. And it allows you to join up, talk about the game, find similar interests with other guardians we have over 600 members now we we blew past that goal last week last week we were just under the uh the 600 mark now we just we're almost at 700 members now 40 50 people consistently in the server talking about destiny i think that is just so great we also implemented a new tool we have uh, a bot nightbot he has a new Destiny command, so you can actually check your Destiny stats right there in the Discord server and actually compare with other people that you're talking about. You can compare against us. You can compare against some of the Pineapple Boys who are just monsters in this game, and you can actually compare against a Destiny Tracker themselves. They are in our Discord server as well. Awesome. It's a really cool place. I queue up with people in LFG for PvP pretty often, usually once or twice a week, and it's always a good time. And in fact, a lot of the gameplays you guys see on the podcast for YouTube is playing with people from the DTS server. All right, man, we got a lot of raid stuff to talk about. Let's dive into the news. Okay, so first up this last week, some people were looking on the digital storefronts for Xbox One and PlayStation 4 and saw that the vanilla Destiny option said free. And players were going, what the heck? Is Destiny going free to play like the original, not with Dark Below House Wolves or Taken King? Well, it turns out no. And Bungie had this response. The original Destiny adventure may appear to be free on some digital console marketplaces. While players may download the Destiny base game, they will only be granted access to the Destiny trial mode for free. 
If players wish to progress through the original Destiny adventure via digital download, they will be required to purchase Destiny, the collection, to gain access to this content. So no, it's not going to f like the free-to-play model just yet. I think that might be something that happens right before Destiny 2, maybe like three or four months, and they're like, okay, vanilla base game, make it free-to-play, but they're not changing the business model right now. Do you want to respond? I have nothing to say to that. No. Okay, well then moving on. <laughs> We're going into the raid article. Game Informer keeps up their massive info explosion. Diddy, what was this big article all about? If you are interested at all in Destiny raiding, not just Wrath of the Machine or Taken King raids, just raiding and Destiny in general, go ahead and read this article because it provides so much insight into raid development and design philosophies at Bungie for Destiny. It's awesome. It's, oh my gosh, some of the things they talk about here, which we'll cover right now, is just mind-blowing. So first off, they, they started talking about how uh, have Bungie used Destiny's gameplay design to develop a raid for a first-person shooter. And they start talking about how, you know, in a uh, PC MMO, and they use WoW as an example a lot in this article because WoW, let's be honest, is the MMO rating game or rating MMO game. And they say, you know, on a mouse and keyboard, there's so much information on the screen, you can just mouse over it and you get a little bit, just a little bit of a description there. You can't really do that on a console in a first person shooter because you, you see a buff and you're like, I want to know more about that, but I don't have a cursor. So they started talking about how the Destiny UI uh, prevented, uh, pre presented, that's the word I'm looking for, presented some challenges uh, in Destiny rating. Totally. And I want to be clear here. The person that they're interviewing in the article is Gavin Irby, and he is now the lead raid designer for the raid team. And that's who uh, Game Informer was talking about in this article. And it's like you mentioned, they bring up WoW a lot, and... Being in the first-person perspective, they couldn't have multiple buffs and debuffs on the screen at once because you can't hover over it with your mouse and see what the buff is or what the debuff is, how long it lasts, and get a description. In WoW rating, which if you guys are curious, I've played WoW on and off for the last like 10 years. I try and not talk about it on the podcast that much because I really like it, and Legion comes out in just a couple days, so they're super hype. But on the screen, it's just a massive blob of information. I have a bunch of add-ons. I've got all sorts of little things that show me buffs, debuffs, timers, the DPS, the healing that's being done, who's in my party, who's the one healing me at this time, whatever. You can't do that in Destiny. You can't do that with a controller. And when you're in that first-person perspective, Diddy, they really talk about the six-player limit being important. Like, if you had 20 Guardians, it would just be chaotic. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that actually goes into my next um, theme or topic, is what challenges have they, Bungie, encountered, and how do they accomplish those goals? And one of those challenges is partly because of the UI, the user interface. And it's also, like... You know, the fact that the level of chaos in a first-person shooter versus a third-person RPG style like uh, World of Warcraft, there's so many different things that go away when you're just first-person. You know, it makes you much more immersive into the encounter. And, like, when you're running in WoW, can you, like, move your mouse and move the camera to look behind you? Is that a thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, you can move the, the mouse is pulled way, like your camera's pulled way, way, way back. And so I can see the whole fight from every angle virtually. Yeah, and you can't do that in Destiny unless you're... No, you can't. 
dancing, you know, <laughs> and if you're dancing, you're not DPSing. So uh, that's kind of an issue there. So the 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 aspect or the the thing of first person shooters just immerses you so much more into the chaos. Mm-hmm. And they also talk about too, how do they come up with the health pool basically? So in WoW, if you've got a 25 man raid, the ads, which are the any enemy that's not the boss, they have huge health pools and they take a while of DPSing to take down. In Destiny, that's just not the case. You can't have people firing on a single Gorgon or a single, uh, Gorgon's probably a bad example because they do have a pretty fat health pool. So a single ad, like let's say, um, uh, totally blanking on their name right now, dude, one of the Vex bros, you can't uh, like goblin. slam, mm-hmm, you can't just slam a goblin for two minutes straight. That just won't work. That That's <laughs> not how it works. So in Destiny, they've, basically made these very sharp timing windows where you can damage the boss and you need to do X amount of damage in this period. I'm going to quote here. So having a very controlled damage window during boss fights became a really important aspect of making those encounters work for us. You'll notice we very tightly control the damage windows and make that an important event. Give us an example from King's Fall, Diddy, of one of those tightly controlled damage windows. Golgoroth, drop the bubble, jump in the bubble, shoot his body until the next gaze holder takes over. That's a very tight window. Exactly. And if you don't DPS, let's say, Oryx in the right amount of time and stagger him, you wipe. He's going to wipe, yeah. So that's how they handle... There's no DPS meter in the game, so you can't see which which member of the team is really dropping the ball. Maybe in the death screen you can, but it's not on at all times. And so if your team is not doing the right amount of DPS... You're either going to have to complete a phase again, you're going to have a raid-wide wipe, or you're not going to be able to progress until the next uh, section of the encounter. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And they use the WoW reference there. You can actually see who's contributing to the DPS. In Destiny, if somebody's looking at the ceiling and shooting, they're doing zero DPS. But if you're DPSing at the same time, you don't know that they're doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, You just have to be reliant on uh, communication, which also leads into a, a future point, but we'll get there in a second. Um, so how do they differentiate a strike versus a raid? And one of the main points is communication within the fire team. With raids, they are designing that your fire team are all communicating with one another. In strikes, there's matchmaking. They have to account for that. They have to account for the fact that sometimes if you matchmake with randoms, there's not going to be any communication. So those encounters have to be more... Um, cookie cutter they have to be very very simple with raids they can up the technical difficulty um, in those fights up up the mechanics to make it more difficult because communication is now a factor in the raids exactly and this leads probably into the matchmaking discussion i want to just jump there because it ties in so well matchmaking for strikes totally makes sense matchmaking for raids you and i have hoped that the older raid content would be match made when it's yeah. something that's not the height of difficulty. Like, I wouldn't want to sink King's Fall match made. What, what was kind of their stance with matchmaking? They, they, it almost seemed like they just didn't want to implement it, you know, because they, they're so reliant on the design of the raid to be around communication. That's a main mm. focus of the raid. You know, communication is there. And I don't necessarily agree with that because I think, like you said, Okay, yes, absolutely. With a brand new raid, I don't want it to be match made because I don't want randoms who I'm not talking with to be the reason I'm not doing well. With older raids like Vault of Glass and Cortez End, I think now 
that Destiny is a little bit older, and we know those fights, we can actually implement some type of matchmaking. Um, but things like, if you think about it, the Golgoroth fight. I'm going to go there because that's one of my favorite boss fights in Destiny. If you don't communicate during the Golgoroth fight, there is no way that you are going to succeed <laughs> because the gaze holder, first gaze holder, second gaze holder, anything like that, just takes coordination through communication. I don't really ever want to see King's Fall match me. I'm thinking about this going, <laughs> the jump puzzle is going to be a nightmare with randoms, dude. The The platform in the final fight is going to be a nightmare, getting people to jump in the right orders and who's, oh, it's just, that's one of the things that really stood out about King's Fall, and it's different between Wrath of the Machine and King's Fall in the sense that if I'm like light level 400, the King's Fall fights are still going to be tightly reliant on the mechanics of standing in the right place at the right time or or putting down the orb in the right place at the right time. Even if I can kill the boss faster, it doesn't mean that I can actually get through the raid that much easier. It's so mechanically driven, and with Wrath of the Machine, that's a key differentiating point, right? You're going to be able to over-level mm -hmm. that raid. Yeah, they, they distinctly say, you know, Wrath of the Machine is a little bit less mechanically difficult because King's Fall, they kind of wanted to see how far they could push the mechanical envelope. And that's, it's so mechanical there. If you misstep once, it's a wipe. And so Wrath of the Machine dials it back a little bit. Still going to be mechanically difficult, still going to be difficult for Guardians and uh, Fire Teams, but we can overlevel for this raid, which is actually a pretty good thing, I think. I would agree. I think there's some players who love the diehard nature of King's Fall that are going to be frustrated when they hear that. They're like, oh, I didn't want another raid that's easier than King's mm -hmm. Fall. They still say it's a hard raid, and it still is going to be a challenging raid. But I understand the other side of the coin. I'm not really much of a raider. I, I do it with you guys, but I do it way less. Like, my main activity in Destiny is PvP, so King's Fall has always remained to me this long, arduous journey. And unless we're playing with a really good squad, it's always over two hours for us virtually. Like unless the fights just go extremely well, we're always about two hours or a little bit more. And something I loved about Vault of Glass and Crota's End Runs before the Taken King was I loved running both of those because I didn't have to look at my calendar and be like, oh, well, if this doesn't go right, we're going to be taken for <laughs> Crota's End was like, bing, bong, boom, you're done. You yeah, know, 10 minutes. <laughs> Do you think Wrath of the Machine is going to be in between a Vault of Glass and a King's Fall? Yeah, I'm going to say after a week, people are going to have it under or around 45 minutes. And that's, mm. that's me saying, I don't know how big this raid is. It's going to be something similar like that. Like King's Fall, I, minimum two hours. Even if it's a really decent group, you know, decent groups can just screw around a lot and waste your time. But going through it, it takes a large chunk of time. Vault of Glass, we have that under 45 minutes easy now, and we're over-leveled so much there. Bringing it back to the article for a second, we're talking about Vault of Glass and Crota's End. King's Fall really went down without a whole lot of exploits, you know, and I'm wondering, mm -hmm. do you think Wrath of the Machine is going to have a little bit looser restrictions to where they might see some pretty creative community solutions? And how does the article <laughs> address these uh, community discoveries? Yeah, they, they start talking about how, you know, how do you design for the inevitable 
community discovery that absolutely breaks your raid. And they actually specifically mentioned pushing Atheon off with grenades. That's something they <laughs> had absolutely no idea to account for. And now Crota's End is so broken. It's, it's insane. And they kind of say, you know, yeah, we can't plan for everything. But with King's Fall, you know, the way we designed it turned out to be the best way to, to play it. Even though they have said, you know, the one bubble Golgoroth strat, we didn't actually think of that, and that's actually a pretty good idea, but we're going to leave it in, and, uh, you know, it's not our ideal way to play it. We still think you should do six bubbles, um, but every else, everything else in King's Fall, it's like the way they designed it is actually the best way to finish that fight, which I think is awesome, and to them, I think they kind of thought it was disappointing because it's like, oh, yay. Okay, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't break it? For somebody who wasn't paying attention or wasn't around during Destiny near the start, can we talk about baby bumper Atheon? Can you explain what players did with him and then <laughs> how we came up with the amazing title, baby bumper Atheon? Yeah, so um, what would happen is the solar grenades, the vortex grenades, or the vortex nova bomb, they actually push enemies away from the center point. So you could actually pop Radiance on your Sunsinger and throw a bunch of solar grenades as soon as Atheon spawns, and he will actually walk out of the grenade. And before they patched it, Atheon would just walk off the ledge and you would finish <laughs> the boss fight without doing any of the mechanics. That's absolutely insane, right? A raid boss trips and falls and breaks his ankle and he's dead. So funny, dude. So they actually implemented, okay, there's walls here and we call them bumpers like in bowling you put the bumpers up in the alley and <laughs> so he can't be knocked off anymore but that was something that when it was discovered and Bungie saw it they're like oh yeah we should fix that, <laughs> that that's one we patch that's not like the one bubble strat we patch that one. <laughs> oh man uh, they also talked about touch of malice in the article touch of malice being such an incredibly strong weapon for the raid but not a weapon that broke PvP, so it operated in this kind of beautiful middle space, right? Yeah, so it you can use it in PvP, absolutely, but the fact that it takes some of your health to do that bonus damage on that last round kind of makes it not the best for PvP. But in the raid, when you are sitting in those auras for Death Singers and, or Daughters and Oryx, it makes it by far one of the best guns for that encounter because it amplifies your damage significantly. You know, just absolutely just using that last round over and over again of bonus damage, it makes it significantly easier to complete that encounter against the bosses. And uh, I've been LFGing some raids recently, and they say, hey, do you have Touch of Malice? And I'm like, yeah, but I don't really want to use it. <laughs> but uh, I use it anyways just so I don't tilt uh, uh, the LFGers. But still, it's like, oh, yeah, that gun in this instance outshines everything. It's a new because Gallarhorn, it's so man. Yeah. Remember LFG posts in the end of your, you got to have your Gallarhorn or you're not a good player. <laughs> it drops for everybody if you play enough. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, no. Don't want to go back to that. So Wrath of the Machine, I bet we'll see some sort of exotic weapon that maybe has benefits inside of the raid but not many other places i'm totally cool with it i thought the touch of malice quest line is still my favorite quest line for a weapon in destiny like it was my favorite thing with the taken king it took a while and was rewarding yeah absolutely 
and that's what you want in an exotic weapon. You know, you want to be able to work for it and it to be uh, to pay off after you get it. And it looked amazing. It was like Master Chief <laughs> from the Halo 5 trailers that turned out not to be very true. But he's walking around in a cloak. you got this cloaked gun that looks like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, I loved it. So let's talk about Wrath of the Machine. What is the new philosophy of this one? We've said it once. We'll say it again. And they will continue to say it. Collision. That is the main theme. And I actually have the definition of collision ready for us. It's an instance of one moving object or person striking violently against another. So uh, we're going to see a lot of conflict in this next raid, I think. I'm stoked. Now, we touched on earlier, you can overlevel. It's still going to be hard, though. The developers even said, right, this is going to be a hard raid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they say, I'll quote here, we'll see. It's hard. It's largely a function of what your light level is versus the raid. So if you're overleveled, it's going to be a little bit easier. And if you're underleveled, it's still going to pose a challenge. What do you think the light level is going to be then? Of, of normal. Oh man, okay. So yeah, we're 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 at 335 now, and 380 is the cap. I, I want to say three, isn't it 385 cap? 385, 400. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, I want to say 360, 365. Oh, you're a little lower than I would think. Yeah, uh, at least for normal mode. Um, oh, I guess hard mode goes up to 400. Yeah, 365, 370. I would say. I'm just curious when they say you can overlevel it. I, I'm like, how, how much can you overlevel it? That, I mean, the discrepancy between, okay, maybe hard mode is like 395 light yeah. of the enemies while you're 400, and that's the overlevel period. And maybe <laughs> there's a bigger gap for like the normal for you to overlevel kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What they learned with year two is once hard mode comes out, I bet you there are going to be other pathways to 400 light outside of just the raid Absolutely. and trials. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. okay. Is there anything else that we want to touch on from this article other than telling everybody who listens to this, if you are a PVE fan, you should read it. And it's going to be linked on our site because it's way deeper than what we got into here. They know raids. The person who's designing and talking about this understands raiding. And it's cool because I love WoW and he talks a lot about WoW. So, yeah. Is that it for there? That's it. Yeah, yeah I think so. It's a, it's a really great article. Definitely go read it. Twab time. The weekly update wow. didn't have a whole lot going down. Well, this week at Bungie. Because Destiny Community Con. Cosmo was over at Destiny Community Con. I saw a tweet from Luke Smith saying that he got in a back door at DCC, <laughs> man. Yeah. Luke Smith made an appearance, apparently. That's awesome. That's cool, dude. That's way cool. All right. So PAX is going down very soon. PAX West, and that's in Washington, right? Yes, I believe so. Near Lake Washington, they say. So it's their home turf. Bungie is just stoked. They have to pack up the trailer. They don't have to fly stuff out. <laughs> yeah, they just walk over, basically. Anybody got a pickup truck? I got this really big fat head of a uh, salad bar. We need to get over to the convention center. They take an interceptor over there. That's right. Anybody got themselves a, <laughs> a Hop pike? On sparrows. <laughs> Very good. Uh, they have some cool merchandise that's going to be at the event. They also are going to be demonstrating private matches and they're bringing along a lot of members of the Destiny Bungie, or the Bungie dev team. I said that really horribly, to meet players. But they're hinting at this, and I quote, we have big plans for the local show this year, end quote. And then Deej says it's going to be badass. So big plans. Do you think there might be A, a raid trailer, B, a trailer for a pre-patch event, or C, a trailer for Destiny 2? <laughs> Five-second teaser for Destiny 2 would be the most hype 
ever generated out of five seconds, I think. Eris's <laughs> Awakening. <laughs> if that's the title of Destiny 2, I'm going to give you $100. I'm putting it in the show. You heard it here for... Here you go. <laughs> DTS prediction right here, folks. Destiny 2, Eris's Awakening. That's it. That has to be the title. <laughs> um, but Raid Trailer. Raid Trailer is probably honest, likely, yeah. Raid Teaser Trailer. Yeah, they did a Taken King teaser trailer a few days before... Um, Taken King came out, and I would say, yeah, this would be the time to do that. A trailer for pre-patch, I I don't think is likely, but I think it'd be really cool if they did that. We have a live team. That's true. You know, adding something into the game before the patch, like they did with House of Wolves, they did, I think, some Taken patrols as well before Taken King came out. Something like that would be so awesome, because it would give players opportunity to prepare themselves you know whether it's just that little tiny piece of treasure that helps you in the expansion it would just it would definitely convince people to get on and play it i totally believe there's going to be a pre-patch event i've been playing the legion pre-patch event for the last like three weeks legion comes out in a few days and it's been awesome they've had a, a new like little quest for you to do each week the invasions have been getting bigger and more often they let me try out the demon hunter it's it's been awesome because it's gotten me back into WoW before Legion. I'm super stoked for Tuesday, and they're owned by the same publisher, man. And they've they've <laughs> taken elements from one another. WoW and Destiny share some elements and design. I totally think we could see a Siva themed pre patch event where Guardian, we need you to go down to the Plague Lands, and it's not going to unlock just yet, or the wall's going to get broken or something. I don't know. There's so yeah, much potential here that the you wall. could do. That would be awesome. You know, there's House of Wolves story missions just outside the wall where we started Destiny. Something right there would be awesome for pre-launch. Totally. And that's what I think we're going to see from there. They are selling a foam hunter knife, Diddy, and it's only available <laughs> at PAX, and I would buy that for you in a heartbeat, man. If somebody wants to send me that, I'll give them a DTS t-shirt. I think the, the knife would probably be a little bit more than our shirt. But it's foam. Dude, but it's a foam hunter knife, and it's okay. licensed. Foam hunter knife and a thorn replica. I'll give you a t-shirt. <laughs> They've got other cool merch that's going down there. The Bungie <laughs> Shop has got some pretty rad stuff on it right now. Oh, interestingly enough, dude, the level 25 class pack you can't buy on the PlayStation 4 or Xbox One anymore. This was the thing that you could buy, and it would automatically give you a level 25 with a fully leveled subclass. We talked about it in Create Drama last year. I bet you they're removing these in anticipation of Rise of Iron and going to be selling level 40 class boosters when Res Viron gets here. Yeah, I think that's a Doesn't a the collection come idea. with a 40 boost? I think it does, yes. Okay. And pre-orders are available for both platforms of Rise of Iron, but you said Xbox One is having some issues, right? Um, if you try and go to destinythegame.com to pre-order the Xbox version, it says it's sold out even though it's a digital version. Um, so if you're trying to pre-order an Xbox one version of rise of iron, we recommend just going through the Xbox store on the console itself or Xbox.com. They have them there, I think. Okay, cool. Good to know. And last but not least, destiny community con the stream leading up to the event raised over $500,000. So what was like 532,000, right? Yeah, $532,000 for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. So they research diseases uh, for children, and it was the largest single gaming event for St. Jude's by double. The The previous record was a quarter million, and they just blew past that. Over I love this community, 000. man. 
I love this community. That is so stinking cool. <sighs> the game's not dead, dude. And there's a lot of people who <laughs> still really like this thing. And anytime I get the salty comments of just like, people should play this stupid thing. I look at this and I go, the community has done some really awesome things over the last two years. And this is the start. This is just the start of a whole lot more. I mean, DCC, five years time, imagine where it's going to be at, you guys. Yeah, Over a million people played a PvE activity yesterday. It's just, it's wild, dude. That's going to do it for the news, and it's going to do it for most of DTS today. As usual, Diddy, our pleasantries at the end of the show. You said work is getting busy for you. Do you have any vacation planned, or is Rise of Iron the only thing on the horizon? <laughs> Uh, Rise of Iron is the next vacation. Um, there, I might take uh, some time off in October. Um, I want to take time off before Rise of Iron for a project I'm working on. I'll tease it now. That's all I'm saying, though. Um, well, I'll say it's a YouTube video, and it takes a lot of practice and work. Um, so expect that. That's actually happening. So um, other than that, no, it's just going to be work. <laughs> So you're you're putting together an exotic review that's burped entirely. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, it's it's a you have to burp about the touch of malice or something like that. I think my jokes suck. <laughs> I'm taking Flynn off on Wednesday because oh, Flynn burp it. Flynn burps so much, dude. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Flynn's their of... dog, by the way. It's their poodle. Yeah, he's our standard poodle. He's about nine months old now. <laughs> he just burps every if he drinks. Is water, it loud? If he, if he eats, it's a loud human burp. <laughs> I'll have to record it sometime and upload it. Oh, that'd be good, man. That's exciting. I'm taking Wednesday the 21st off of work. That's the first day I've taken off since, like, I think April or March. And I'm really ready to do the last few weeks of work grinding super hard. So, And with the Rise of Iron coming out at 10 a.m. or 11 a.m., whatever it is, on Tuesday, I'm going to maximize my time and do it on Wednesday. And I can't miss Tuesdays for work, so... Sad story. Everything releases on Tuesdays, dude. It's like the <laughs> one work day I work to like 1130 at night. I got a new sound card. Uh, last nice. week we had to record the show twice because my Presonus Firebox um, overheated. And what's interesting is I went online and I started looking up Presonus Fireboxes, which I'd already shipped mine to be serviced like years ago because it broke once. Uh, apparently the Fireboxes, the old ones, can burst into flames. And I didn't know that. Staying true to his name, Firebox. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I thought it was very ironic. I was like, that would be an incredible way to end the show. It's like, Diddy, my sound card literally sound exploded. Card? Uh, I have the Focusrite Scarlet TI2, oh, okay. or 2i2. Nothing combustible there. You know, I put my hand on it, <laughs> and we've been recording. I've had it on for, like, hours. It's not even hot. Whereas the Firebox literally, like, just burned your hand to the touch. It was pretty rough. <laughs> so, And then Legion comes out Tuesday. So if there's any DTSers in the Discord who play WoW, you should let me know because it's going to be a good time. I'm out of pleasantries, dude. Do you have any more? No. That's where can it. people find your content? <laughs> oh, where we're going to be raiding. As soon as the Wrath of the Machine hits on that Friday, as soon as it comes out, we are we are raiding, and it's going to be awesome. That's going to be over at twitch.tv slash destinytheshow. You'll find my content at twitter.com slash DiddyDTS, D-I-T-T-Y-D-T-S, and youtube.com slash Wooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S, for that secret project I'm working on, and that'll be it. I lurk, <laughs> I lurk, I participate frequently in the Discord as well. That's discord.me slash Destiny the Show.
Very good. Check out our friends over at destinytracker.com for the best stat tracking in the Destiny universe. They have big things in the work. Works, work, work, work. It's it's coming up. It looks cool from what I've seen. Well, I've not seen any of their secret stuff, but I have seen some of the new, like the ELO thing on the site. I really like that. It's, it's just going to be cool. When Rise of Iron gets here, so much potential. Private match is going to be crazy. Follow us on Twitter at Destiny the Show. You can go to destinytheshow.com for all the links from today and more. You can follow me at BBK Dragoon on Twitter and YouTube. We'll see you guys next week, and we look forward to hearing uh, really what's going down in the world of Destiny. <laughs>